on the topic of bikes, I'm actually going to clip this out right here and place it at the beginning because I feel like it is very important. Um, our friend Sean, I don't know if you saw his story today, if you even follow him. Uh, Sean, I can't think what his last name is. I feel like a dick for that, but... Mm. Uh, Mesitis, Sean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Went from paved road to tarred and chipped road last night and laid a bike down. Ooh. He... he he's fine. Yes, he was in okay. full gear. Wear he's gear fine. Pants. Yes, wear your gear. What did he put down? Monster 821. Okay. It's not the worst thing. No, but he put it down... Probably the cheapest Ducati bike. Was it, was it demo? Yeah, it's far... Yeah, it's not his. Um... Now, I don't want to throw him or the dealership under the bus. Shit happens. That shit yeah. happened. Um, he went from paved road to tarred and chipped, which, for those of you not familiar, that's how PennDOT thinks they're fixing roads. This road's broken. Better cover it in liquid tar and put tiny gravel on it. Yes, it makes roads very slick. Or something reminiscent and of a road. You might as well be on a dirt road if you're on a bicycle. Yes. Or motorcycle. Um, not a bicycle. So also bicycle. Be careful. Um, also, I saw someone blowing their grass all over the road yesterday. And it's I, illegal now. Oh, uh, is it really? Yeah. I could have got out and punched. And dude's like 80 years old. He doesn't know any better, nor does he give a shit. But, no, Sean is okay. Uh, he said he thought he broke his foot, but he could also still wiggle his toes. So he's like, he's good. But just be careful. Um, if you're in a car, look twice for bikes, because if I find out that someone that I know hit someone on a bike, um, I'm probably going to hit you with a bat. I almost hit a bike today because he was following so closely to the car in front of him. He was a very old gentleman riding behind a car basically up its ass, and I was in a very tough intersection to get out of, so I was ready to go right after that car. But since he was so close to that car, I almost hit him, and he had no gear on whatsoever. I would have killed him. Mm -hmm. That's coming from someone who rides their bike more than they drive their car. So that's that's uh, not Shannon's fault in that instance, I don't think. But anyway. Cox and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Cold Pizza Podcast. Chance is an asshole. Um, go tell him that on Instagram, at LegoCTF. Also, um, please remind him that his tacos were bad. <laughs> yes. Chance got bad tacos from Sheets. I don't think he'll want to talk about it. That's not your business. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, going to try and keep this one fairly short. Again, a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Grand Prix. There we go. Free. VGP. VGP, PVGP, was last weekend. Um, run through that a little bit. Uh, the C8 Corvette, I know we want to talk about that a little bit. And um, I'm out of motivational shit to say, so we're just going to get right into it. Vintage Grand Prix. Live your life. How about Have... in, in honor of the trailer for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Let's be... I almost cried, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that's gonna be dope. I'm so excited to see And it's that. Tom Hanks, of all people, so, like, that's gonna be really sick. Yeah. So, I don't know, this week, just be recklessly kind. Yes, be, be kind to people. Don't be... Recklessly kind. Yeah. I'm gonna open so many doors. Don't think that someone's gonna, spam, like, scam you, or... 
Yeah. Like, like she'd scam me for those fucking tacos. <laughs> really that, that's not very kind of you. That, I would have Mr. Made Rogers you feel if would you, not have, Yeah. Mr. Rogers wouldn't like that. That um, I got scammed for tacos by Sheets. So you gotta show love and compassion so they'll change. <clears throat> I have given Sheets nothing. Actually, actually, I got Sheets this morning for breakfast on my way to this job, this meeting I had to take, right? And then I got my breakfast, Sheets breakfast is a bagel, sausage, egg, cheese. That's what I like to get for breakfast, right? It was fucking cold! It's terrible! I was like so disappointed in it. Can, can I be real with you right now? What's up? This all sounds like a whole lot of not my problem. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> it means that shit's fucked. Shit's always Everybody fucked. knows shit's fucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Alright. Um, Back to the Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Uh, my dad, Reckless Ron, was in town. He had never been before. Parker Guinea, who was on the last episode. Yeah, P. Gids yeah, was here for the second year in a row. And uh, just had a real good time. I had a good time. It was actually on my birthday this year. So, like, we were out. Happy birthday. Thanks, Blair. Blair's birthday is next week. So, uh, happy early birthday. Tell FRS underscore 3005 on Instagram. Happy birthday on the 30th. Um, Or is it? It is. Uh, I was trying, I was going to say Tuesday, but, like, they might listen to this, like, weeks from now. And then. If you still want to wish me happy birthday on whatever Tuesday you might be listening to this podcast, please do. Always yeah, welcome. Send it out. Yeah, yeah, I think it was paying. I think it's column A, column B, and there's also dumb stuff. Like, one, the food. Two, security, insurance, yeah. people. Like, doesn't just happen. No, I get it. There's overhead for events like that, but $50 a head to get into something that was that free, free the year free. before. So you're telling me if I had a family of five. I gotta pay two hundred and fifty dollars for my family to walk around. That, that would be I'm five sure people times fifty dollars a head. That would be two hundred and fifty dollars. Yes. I'm sure, I'm there's, sure a there's a kid discount or something. Or like kids but still, under- all right, kids are thirty bucks. <clears throat> Even thirty dollars a head is too much. I don't want to go. Right, but I like the fact that everything. And I'm really upset I missed the Walnut Street show because I went to that one year. And I love. We that. went last I, year. Yeah, I love the atmosphere. I love the vibe. A lot of cool and stuff. I mean, Walnut up. Street's a cool area, right. and it's kind of like it's a, not a car show. It's kind of like a mini Monterey well, Bay kind of car week because it's you have all of the cars that are there. Then the parking lot is the next street over, so you walk through the parking lot, and it's like old 964, GT3 RS. Last, last year, there was that ultraviolet GT3 RS just yeah, street just on the street. Like, just chilling. There was, it a, was so dope. there was a stasis lowered and supercharged R8 that was just chilling there, too. It's like you get to see the whole thing, whereas if you go to Heinz Field, it's like, oh, hi, we've curated these cars that are whatever. Yeah. So, well, anyway... Let, let's some. let's to the people listening to this aren't gonna they're not you know that no. are, are whatever opinions about how they let's, let's talk about the cars just that's why you're listening so best I, car you saw yeah that's easy that's the, is it first easy question what's the best car you saw at the Grand Prix this year and for those not familiar with the Grand Prix there's a park in downtown Pittsburgh specifically Oakland it's called Shenley Park and every year they completely shut it down they do vintage car racing on public roads in the park. And then all over the golf course through the park is an international car show with literally everything built from 1930 to current day supercars. Which in and of itself is badass that that happens. That they shut down part of like public streets to do a racetrack. The largest vintage racing in the world. 
happens in Oakland. You believe that? It's wild. It's wild. And, and the Vintage Grand Prix is one of the five, five, one of the five biggest car shows in the United States. And to think that's why I ripped the front bumper off the Cobalt trying to slide sideways is the biggest event in the world. Oh, last year. Yeah. yeah couple, well, no, it was a couple of years back. I was like, yeah, handbrake turns. And then I was so like, what's no, the coolest bank. car you saw? Um, That's hard, man. I'm trying to think through. That TVR was oh, pretty you, sweet. You think? What TVR? Exactly. Was... I finally saw a P1. Oh, finally. It? That's the first time I've seen oh, okay. it. And it's in my color. I know Blair disagrees with me on that. <laughs> He's trying to pull up pictures of him riding See, it or uh, something. The, but the, the P1 is, my, I mean, of the, of the three, of the three trio, it that's is my what favorite. I, would, yes. I love the P1. Really? I've yet to see a loft, and I think that's going to be my car. But Anyway. I chapped some dude's ass at Alpha. We walked through, like, we. I parked on German Hill with my broken-ass car, and then we walked over, went through Ferrari, and, like, came down through Italy, and then... Um, like towards cars and coffee and when we got to alpha ron was looking at the new the quad the julia quadrifolio he's like what's this and i'm like explaining i'm like it's the julia but it's kind of like the air quotes m spec yeah julia and he's like oh it looks pretty sharp and he likes the four leaf clover badges on the fenders and everything mm -hmm. i'm like and we're not even talking about this dude's car this dude is the next row over and i said something to the to the effect of, yeah, they're cool when they run. This dude heard me from 30 feet away, comes flying over. You can ask Sam Calazzi. He was with me. This dude was so pissed. He's like, when they run? When they run? What the fuck do you mean by that? When they run? I was like, um, well, the only person I know that has one got a new motor put in it at 2,900 miles. So, I don't know. Well, when my hood's run. up over there. It's got 26,000 miles on it. You can go over. You can look at everything on it. I'm like, congratulations. Like, I don't know what you want me to say. Go look it at is it. an FCA product. They are trash. I think, who was it? Was it, Mo I, I don't know which July. I think it was Motor Trend. They had a long term. Car and driver, 40,000 miles on a long term. On those, it was one year, 365 calendar days, right? Yeah. Spent some like 91 days in the dealer. Yeah. For issues and problems and reflashes. Well, Italian. I was going to say, Matt Farah Matt Farrah said, and I feel like I quote him, we quote him a whole bunch, but he said, We listen know, to him a whole bunch. You, somebody asked on the podcast, okay, how much money would they have to knock off of a quad to make it worth it? And he said, There's not a dollar amount you could tell me off of the dollar, off of the sticker price. Because it's basically how much money would they have to knock off for me to have my car in the shop and drive a base model? Yeah. Because that's what you're going to get as a longer. Yeah. yeah. You know? You know so. I mean, I, I like the cars a lot. The Stelvio is actually really, really cool. I oh, like I it a agree. lot. The Stelvio quad is badass. The Stelvio, like the SUV. Yeah. yeah. Stelvio quad. The Stelvio quad is fucking cool. It makes 578 no, I, oh, no, 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 no. I am 100% clear on what it is. The fact that the three people at this table like it are Fucking wild. That is I think not it's cool. Thank you for I don't, they're perfect. I love them in every way. I just don't. I well, the only way you could own, the only way I want to be a lease it. Only you the way. Yeah. Lease yeah. it. And even then, like, that's, you know what? Quadrifoligo is going to be, or Quadrifoligo is going to be a future CarMax Doug DeMuro. $8,000. Oh, sure. And then he'll bury it in his backyard and dig it up a year later. <laughs> so, uh, I have. Cars. I've, I've, from, come, I've come <laughs> to my cars. I have four and an honorable mention. 
and maybe you guys can help me pick which one was my favorite. So I'll run through them all, and then we'll kind of double back on them. Hit me. First one, I love Spencer's 9-11-R. The Got Jaws' 9-11-R that he did. It's the world record. The story behind that, quick little snippet. So it's on my Instagram. Keep it short, because I'm trying to have him on soon. Okay. It's a 911R that has provenance back to a world record setting car that they had that Porsche built in conjunction with BP. It's got old school BP logos and world record along the side. It's specced out exactly to match the car. It's got a bag to match the car. It's got houndstooth interior. I love that car just because number one, I know how special it is to him. Yeah. I think that's part of what yeah. plays into it. And then also the story behind it and the fact that they bought the car with 11 miles on it. Because the guy bought it with his trailer. It's wild. Yeah. Second car um, was the Alpha Julia, the 60s Julia. GTV. The G- I think it was a GTVS or GTV, GTVS, whatever it was. That was GTV. fully done over. It had... The stuff. race car? No. This was no, a... This was it was right on the end of the row. <laughs> it looks like all the regular GTV or the regular Julias, but it has all of the so it's it essentially looks like they did an alphaholics version um but the full car was done gorgeously everything was fit in leather there was a cage inside the the car was lowered it had i think 18 inch versions of what the stock wheels look like the deep dish um absolutely gorgeous and you're shannon you're right it's a gtbr um that was another one that was one of my favorites um the Blue Alpha Montreal was stunning. I've never seen a Montreal outside of Matt Ferris' video that he did, and I love it because it's got like a three something V eight, and the Lagonda, yeah, that they had. Just yeah. because it was so weird to see a Lagonda and be like, why does this exist? But it's badass. Oh, and the CSL that they had, that that um, there was a booth that had a CSL, a thirty uh, E thirty six CSL over there. That was gorgeous. The, the one that was for sale, the lightweight. <clears throat> That's a bad bitch. Paul Walker had three of them. That's wild. Um, Did you see the yellow turbo too? Yo, I took all sorts of pictures of the yellow turbo. Did you see the black and white one that were side by side? I did His not. and hers. I took pictures of those. Yeah. Maybe um, you should post the pictures of all the mentioned cars and put them up on a post. I should do that. Oh, that's badass. When I... um. By the time we got... Okay, so I parked on German Hill. It's hard for me to explain this to everybody if you weren't there, or I guess you could look up a map online. I'm not going to get the map for you. Um, German Hill is mini, BMW, Mercedes, Porsche, Volkswagen, obviously all of the German-built cars. And then from there, uh, Audi's up on like the adjacent hill, and then... From there, there's a Ford section and all the other, like, American, like, the domestic stuff and other Euro stuff. Uh, all the British stuff is on the other hill, like, towards mm-hmm. the track. And then across the street is all of your, like, I'd say higher end. Um, like, on, your on Italian car. The on, on, the, the on the opposite side. Like, the the cars, cars and coffee. coffee. Cars and coffee. Corvettes. Corvettes. Um, More domestic and kind of miscellaneous yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's, that's like closer to the road, but up on the hill with cars and coffee is Ferrari, 
There wasn't, there wasn't a big Lamborghini section this year. It was Jason's. No. It was Jason Slater's white um, Gallardo, and then that that perf spider. Oh my god! Purple? The orange perf yeah. spider. Oh, I, I, I didn't oh see that. Oh my god! What a spec. That's yeah. pretty good. And then Big Joe <clears throat> brought out his Quintosh, and I think that was his Diablo as well. Mm. Oh, I. I wasn't even paying attention. I was talking to Chad the yeah. from uh, PRL. Yeah, white on white anniversary <laughs> Quintosh, the one just like in Wolf. Of I've Austin. seen it before, but yeah. yeah. Um, Every time I see it, I'm like, holy oh, shit. Oh, it's good. such a good good car. But we started, well, I parked on German Hill and we went straight across to Ferrari and walked down through the Italian stuff, cars and coffee, Corvettes, and then walked down, talked to Ryan Fox with his uh, sick. Bronco, the teal one that she took oh, a picture of. Oh, yeah, yeah, the blue one. Um, talked to him for a little bit and then went across the street and looked at all the other stuff. By the time we got back to, like, Porsche and Mercedes, Ron works out in the heat all the time. He says to me, he's like, man, I got to sit down. He's like, I'm, like, mm-hmm. heated. And yeah. I was like, all right, well, like, just go chill under the trees. Like, I'll look through a couple cars and... By the time I got back to him, he was soaked in sweat. He's, like, freaking out. And, like, he was hydrated and everything, but wasn't, like, freaking out. But he was like, dude, I'm not going to last much longer. So we ran through all the German stuff real quick. I didn't even really look at BMW. Um, shout out to the homie that Interlagos Blue E60 M5 drove from Idaho. Wild. Wild. I can't believe he did that. On huge 20-inch BBS step lip. Yeah. Just BBS oh, that, that car was good. Yeah, that was very good. I like the, uh, there was the, Shannon was losing her mind over the E30 Touring, white with tan interior. That has been my favorite car since I was 15 years old. The E34 M5 wagon. Oh, that was In British that was that In British Yeah, that is the M5 that, as the Lord intended. There were a couple good bagged Volkswagens too, like old Beetles that were bagged. There was yeah. a black one that was there. Um, my mom loves Carmen Ghia's, so there's a green Carmen Ghia there that she talked to the owner of for, like, a long time. Um, anything from the Benz camp that really stood out? I always loved SLS. Yes, SLS Benz, the Benz, uh, limo. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, That whole, there was a 37 Benz there. Well, yeah, the limo was a late 90s, the... Sedan that there was it was a forty seven. Forty seven. Oh okay. Immediately yeah, yeah. post war. Yeah. Yeah. Which was cool. Um, what about the Japanese section? There were a ch- I walked I mean, up the single Zanardi NSX. Yeah, this is yeah, that this the Zanardi NSX that uh, no one Can knew. you give me a quick rundown the spark on that? Is? Uh do you know who Alex Zanardi is? Nope. He was in the nineties, he was an indie car and a cup car champion. He drove for Honda exclusively. Uh, that's why Formula Red is the name of the color. All There's only 100 of them. They're basically an NA2 uh, NSX's powertrain in an NA1 body that's stripped like 150 pounds off of it. It's the closest Damn. thing to an NSX GT or NSXT that you're going to get stateside. That's NSXR. Or is NSXR. Yeah. So basically, NA1 NSX, we say NA1's with flip-ups. Uh, the NA1 NSX normally has a 3-liter V6 with five, it's five-speed transmission. The NA2 motor, which is a 3.2 liter V6, makes more power and has a six-speed. The Zanardi has that powertrain in it. So Uh, that's basically like the ideal if there was a guy building something that wanted the 
raw feeling of an NA1 with the power well, engine. The, the, I always thought the NA, the NA2 motors are better because obviously they make more power, got more gears. But the NA1 is a later chassis. It's also a little more raw. Uh, also, you get the uh, the special, I think it's suede seats or Alcantara seats. Suede seat. seats, red piping, red stitching. Yep. Yeah. One of a hundred. But I'll be honest with you, I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, yellow it, NSX? Oh, red right. NSX. So okay. it was actually back to back with another red NA1 NSX. It looked almost identical. And But the red, uh, as Zanardi is a quarter million dollar car. No shit. It is almost priceless at this 101 point. of them. One's in the Honda Museum. Alex Zanardi himself owns the only automatic NSX with hand controls. Because yeah. he, he ended up paralyzed after racing a few years later. And then yeah. 99 of them were sold to the public. Yep. I That's also, like the big Asian car that... As a Honda owner, <laughs> I, I also got excited over the fact that there were like... I Honestly, I should say excited. I just looked. There were like four or five Type R's. Yeah, there was two. There, there I was, was like, what? There, there were, were two Honda Beats the, too, which was kind of cool. I love Honda Beats. <laughs> there was a Suzuki Cappuccino too. There was a Cappuccino with the whatever livery on it. Is that the one? What was no? That? that was a Beat. We had the the Android Twenty One Boo girl. What was the little thing? Subaru Beetle thing? Did you guys walk up like to like the actual Subaru tent? I admittedly did not look. To they Subaru. well, I generally don't either, but I know enough people. That have Subarus. So I walked yeah. up to say hi to a couple friends and everything. But they had this. I don't even think I took a picture of it. I'll have to see if Parker did. It looked like a little Volkswagen Beetle. But it was a Subaru. Like tiny. Huh. It was pretty dope. It was like tan or something. But I mean. I uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Because I had never seen one before. I didn't even know that it was a thing. Um, was there anything else good in the Asian car section before we move on from that? There's this white Evo with a big wing and a bunch of stickers on it. Yeah, it's fucking broken. It's my car. Sick. Yeet. How, uh, did, you, how did you get... Either of <clears throat> you. How did you get into there? Well, dude, off. every... No, I oh. wouldn't have had to. Every year they do the same thing. <clears throat> I've registered for the show for five years now, as long as I've owned the FRS. I've driven it there every year. It's been lowered there. Four out of the five years I've gone with it. And every year, every year, I try to explain to the person sitting at the table at the Asian desk, like, if you stop me on this hill, I will have to either back up and leave and make everyone behind me back up, or I will be stuck. So, of course, I pull in, and I, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go get my parking space and come back for my registration stuff. Guy immediately steps in front of my car, so I have to stop. So I stop, can't get going forward again, start to roll backwards, starts to rip the bottom of my bumper off, so I just sit there and take it off. And then to get out, I just did it as a precaution. Yeah, you might as well at that point. Also, shout out to your boss for being the real one. Yeah. Carried my bumper over for me. Do you know what I really like, too? What a swell guy. It was super, um, super pretty, even though it wasn't like a personal car. The, like, pewter, silver, tan 570 with the brown interior was... Old man spec? Yeah, was really pretty. I didn't admittedly look at it up close, but, like, looking at it from far away, I was like, I could get involved in this. Ron took pictures of the one that was at Cars and Coffee, the 570 Spider that's, like, a little more silver than my car. It's, like, that silvery blue. Clear water blue. Clear water blue. And then he took pictures of the P1, and he put both of them on Facebook, and all of his friends were freaking out over this 570 Spider and not the P1. And right. I was like, every time, like, the first time... Tony brought the Senna to, if you guys want to see these cars, it's at P1 Pro on Instagram. I 
generally wouldn't plug that, but Great you guy. can see the cars. Really nice guy. Um, Tony has this yellow P1 that was at the show. I was honestly surprised that he didn't have the center there as well. Can I have a theory? But you do. Okay. Your well, my theory is I saw someone had posted it. That is the exact. Sorry, Subaru I just I, I just showed about. him. I found what it, it's called. It's called a Subaru three sixty, and I've never heard of one yeah, before. So you should Google look that. It up. Um, no, my theory is I saw someone posted on their story that he passed them in the P one on mm-hmm. the highway, meaning he drove it. And I'm thinking his insurance might not let anyone other than him drive either one of those cars. That's not how that works. You insure a car, not a person. If you're an authorized driver, you're allowed to drive it. Okay, doesn't fair matter. enough. I don't know shit about insurance. Um, yeah, so... Wait, are well, oh, you still on P1? Yeah. Okay, he has this volcano yellow P1 and a volcano orange Senna. The first time he brought the Senna to Cars and Coffee, Ron was out for the weekend. And I was like, Ron, listen, take all the pictures you want because this is the only one you're ever going to see in person. Which might have been a bold statement, might have been an accurate statement. We're not sure. Ron doesn't get out much. But I said the same thing. He's talking to me. I grabbed him by the top of his head and just spun him around. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And he's looking at the P1. I said, yes. Remember what I told you about taking pictures of his Senna? Same rule applies here. Take all the pictures you want, because it's probably the only one you're ever going to see. And he's like, oh my god. So he took all the pictures he wanted. It was cool. But what... I You had something to say, but you had a theory as well. Uh, so I'm going to do two things real quick. Right. So the first one, I'm going to skip back to that alpha that I talked about. So the alpha is owned by Ralph Gills, who is the Fiat Chrysler Automobiles Global Head of Design, which is why his alpha was the titties. And it is, in fact, an Alphaholics car, which is, if you guys don't know what Alphaholics is, follow Alphaholics because they are basically the singer of the alpha world. Um, Second theory involves um, P1 Pro driving his car there. And I want to say it has something to do with It's White Noise driving their 918 there a couple of years back and taking it from Manhattan to Pittsburgh and driving it. Yeah, and he was pissed because it was parked beside the P1, wasn't it? Yeah. His theory was, I don't understand why we have people... What did he say? He said something along the lines of, like, this should be what Pittsburgh has to offer, not who do we know from the internet. Which, to a point, I'd agree. But at the same time, it's like you had a 918 and a, a P1 at the same time. Um, yeah, that's why I feel like he drove it. Plus, I mean, it hasn't seen, to my knowledge, the light of day in like three years. I haven't seen it. This is my third year that I've been going to Cars and Coffee. I haven't seen it. That's the first P1 that I've ever seen in person. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Blair. No, I, I only have one car that really stuck out to me uh, a lot. On British Hill, there was a single TVR, one TVR, and it, at the Vintage Grand Prix, they have the little signs that say like pre-war Rolls Royces, newer Rolls Royces, Bentley, Midget, MG, or MG, you know the whole shebang. This guy got a piece of notebook paper out of his bag and found a spike and wrote TVR on it and put it there because they didn't have a TVR, so Good he for was him. the only one. But no, the TVR built a bunch of cars in the 70s and 80s called the Wedge Cars. They're all roughly wedge shaped. They all have either aluminum or steel space frames. They're all surrounded by fiberglass. 
But there's a late model of these cars called the 420 SEAC and the 450 oh, SEAC. Was that it? The red one? Yeah. That was a TVR. Did you not pay attention to that car at all? No, I saw it. I saw it come How in. How many of those are in the world, RJ? I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even walk over to Bruce Hill. So, How just, many of those are there? No idea. 17. Really? And you saw one. Because you saw a 450 SEAC. And it's got a V8. Yeah, a Rover V8. Because I heard it, and I was like, okay, this car is very small and very tiny and has a V8. And I literally tried to Google it, and I could not find it. Like, I'm going through, I'm like, like trying to figure it out, and I'm getting a whole bunch of, like, you know how when you just search numbers and letters, you get, like, like manuals for how to work a washing machine? Like, that's what I was getting. (laughs) All all of those are, uh, there's a 420 SEAC and a 450. The 420 was 300 horsepower, 4.5 liter, or 4.2 liter Rover V8. Made uh, about 45 of them. And then the 450 with the bigger 4.5 liter V8, they only made 17 of them. That TBR was one of 17 in the world. Yeah, I sorry I stepped away there for a minute. Yeah, the four, that was a 450 SEAC and it was fucking cool. Do you know what it looks like? And it has, Dude, it's made of Kevlar in 1989. It looks like a 944 convertible with a body kit. But it's short. It's like it's like the size of a Miata, but it looks like a 944. And it has 300, 307 horsepower. It's sketch. TVRs are cool, and they're just and really really quirky, which is what makes them cool. Well, the problem is like I love the TVR Cigaris, but it looks like there was a suggestion box for design. Like, what design element do you think we should do? And then they listen to every single one. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. The Cigaris is the one reason back when I had the Cobalt and had grand plans for it that I wanted a plexiglass rear spoiler like the the NASCAR because the cigars and I love the fact that they were just like hey everybody else does the pipes like the exhaust pipes in real logical ways let's put ours at 90 degrees out (laughs) they're sweet they they called them ankle warmers do we want to change gears here and last call VGP anything else that was neat um do we talk about the Moto Guzzi no. Oh, uh, the OG, yeah. the one that was like barely running, that idled at like four I, RPM. I, I wish I knew. The, I, 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 I don't remember the model off the top of my head. There was a guy there. It's this old Moto Guzzi. Um, I think it's from the 60s, uh, maybe even 50s. Single cylinder, but the valves are exposed on the top of the motor. So you could watch the bike idle and you could see the valve tick, 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 go up and up and down on the exhaust intake. With huge exposed Single valve per, yeah, yeah. So there's two valves, one intake, one exhaust. Sounds like something you'd want to run. It had an exposed flywheel too. It was was a just giant, big, heavy flywheel. You could stare at it and it was, it was, it was just a really cool bike. Uh, It had an exhaust silencer from the factory. It's just, there's a, there's a little lever you can hit and it would move this this little plate uh, over the tip of the exhaust to quiet up so you could be the polite mode. But then the guy's like, yeah, we want to be polite anymore. You open the valve up and it gets way louder and he, he revved in. It was, that was a really neat bike. It was astonishing. It was beautiful. It was restored perfectly. It was this beautiful, beautiful red. Uh, and just the valve system just sitting there. What this? All I did, I just turned the bike on. I said, I know, just sitting there. Just to, 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 and you just watch the valves on either side go up and down. with this. It was such a cool thing to see. Hmm. Um... I'm trying to hear any other Nito bikes there. There were, there were actually, actually, and then weirdly, two spaces away was a Moto Guzzi with the same motor, but it was a, it's not, I don't want to say a two-seater because it, you know, it's a motorcycle, but there was a secondary set of handlebars behind the rider that were static. You couldn't steer the bike, but for a second rider. And this one was, this was unrestored. It was these, this old, like almost army green color, but it was, it, and it was, it was not running. I'm, uh, 
I'm, I'm assuming they're a little annoying to keep running. This was, it was cool to see these quirky, weird old bikes that like you just you don't. Um, and I'm not much for classic motorcycles personally, but I, I do have some weird soft spots for bizarro stuff. Like an exposed valve chain. Yes. I want to talk about the C8. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because That's... every bit of red-blooded American in me is doing backflips. And I'm so... Mine it... Well, no. I'm no, not. I was going to say minus the manual transmission, but I'm kind of okay with that. Um, well, please we're... don't play... That's... I hate feet. <laughs> like, you have no idea. That's uh, Try to get comfortable. Yeah, he put his foot on my foot and Sorry. then rubbed it. And, uh, so, uh, much uh, <laughs> so much. Uh, so much. So much cringe. Were his feet slightly moist? I don't. Uh, so the CA Corvette. Uh, those of you who don't know, it's Corvette or, or General Motors' new Corvette, but is now mid-engine. Causes me to have moist feet. And does about. not come with a manual transmission. It is double clutch only. And the price is supposed to be under sixty thousand dollars for a brand new mid-engine. How much horsepower does it make? Four ninety-five. Four hundred ninety-five horsepower. If you get the double clutch exhaust. Yeah. Blair, give him, hit him with the statistics. I don't have the statistics. No, no, no. All I need you to say is the thing about the manual transmission take rate. So, oh, yeah. yeah. C7 Corvettes only had a 15% manual take rate. If you own... Screw you guys. If you own an automatic... Me. Go fuck yourself. If you buy a Z01... Go fund yourself. Oh, I like that. Go find have yourself. you not seen go that episode of South Park? Yeah. No. Oh. Well, we're the Washington Redskins. It's nice to meet you. Go fund, <laughs> go uh, fund yourself. Anyway, um, but so anyway, so the new C8 uh, is a very. It's easy pre polarizing. A lot of people really love it. A lot of people really don't love it. I'm gonna jump in right here and say that at the price point, uh, I'm just trying to get everybody to argue with me. At that price point, I would buy that over the new Supra, and I was all about the new Supra. They different. They're you buy them for different reasons. I agree, but... And, actually, I'll bet you you can make more power out of a Supra for less money than you can out of the Corvette. Betcha. I'm going to take that comment and boldly disagree with you. Like, wholeheartedly All right, from the so bottom like of my dollar heart. per added horsepower? All right, if I put... Yes. Supercharger. Slap on top yeah, of it. Yeah, okay. $10,000. Slap on that bitch. Yeah. Compared to what do I want a big turbo setup? Intake straight pipes guaranteed over 500 on that car. Yeah. On a B58. Guaranteed. You guaranteed. can spend $1,000 and make 500 horsepower. Or 500 horsepower. Not to the A, two things. Not to the ground. B, A. And B, you'll probably make more than 500. Have you seen the B58 stuff? Have you B58 seen the B58 also already has aftermarket support. This. I this don't is know. what the new LT2, the right? LT2. Yeah. Still that, a pushrod V8. I don't know. But like, oh, I'm saying, like, modification. And then, like, okay, if you buy a Corvette, you're probably not going to modify it. But, and, but my argument there is, again, the cars are I built. can't wait to see Texas Speed put two fucking twin snails on the back of that bitch and run it down the track. But, but what I'm getting at, it's like, you buy them for different reasons. Uh, and, and if you're trying yeah, to if make. You're geriatric and 70 years old and want a BMW but don't want the convertible top, you buy the Supra. I like how you're saying that. If you're like saying Corvette, like Corvette's oh. main market is not 65 plus war veterans. So like, if you're 65 plus and you're buying a Corvette, a lot of you, I'll bet, a lot of them, a lot of you, a lot of them, you don't listen to this podcast, fuck you guys. <laughs> a lot of them probably, to this. probably don't like it. There's only exceptions, like Blair's father here, who is well, 72, is has a C6 Grand Sport convertible, and he likes the new C8. 
We're trying to get RJ to buy my dad's Grand Sport. So, so Mike can buy the C8. Yeah. Um, he was I need a Cobalt right. steering wheel in my Median head Median age of Corvette purchasers is like 61. It's yep. going down, though. Yes, I know it's going Very down. The, C- the C7 was supposed to be targeted towards, and it, marketed towards it's absolutely, younger, a younger crowd. absolutely doing that. Um, speaking of the C7, uh, I ha- the C7 market is really, really going to be interesting because is the price going to go down or is it going to go up? It's going to go down. Because well, but it's the last French Corvette. It's the last manual Corvette. It's still too new to go up. Um, I don't. I'm a, I don't know if I necessarily agree. I think it's going to plateau and it's probably going to start going back. Up. I think that it will get cheap every time they release a new C8 model. When the uh, so if you have a C C7 that's not a Z06 or a ZR1, guaranteed you it'll go down. The Z the Z06. C7s are going to appreciate. I, I'm calling it now. It's You want to... Appreciate? Bull- no. Do I think they're going to depreciate below where they are now? Oh, it's not not really. they're not going to go yeah. above MSRP. But the well, you're, you're real early in the reverse bell curve, too. Yeah. Like, you got to realize that you're still on the on the come down from that. And then, now, it won't drop as hard as the C6s and C5s. Agreed. I C- can guarantee C- that. C5s are already... The C7, the C7 is... They're going to start going back up because they're going to start... Because C4s, nobody gave a shit about. C... I feel... Go ahead. Just so everyone's aware, if you don't know, every Corvette is cordoned off into generations, right? There is generation one through eight. We talk about these segments as C1, 2, 3, 4. Newest one is C8. Previous generation front engine is C7. So if you hear that and you're super confused as to what the hell we're arguing about, that's why. Those people aren't listening to this, but thank you. Somebody's going to be confused somewhere. You guys throw engine codes out for BMWs, and I sit here with my thumb, my ne- or my finger up my nose, just like, I don't have a fucking clue what y'all are talking about. I told about. that teaching lady I only need three letters. L-S-7. So. It's better. I like that. I had a discussion yesterday. Is instrument. No, Patrick, mayonnaise is not an instrument. Um, so I had a discussion yesterday with a current C6 Z06 owner. And I asked him, I was like, so, train up, man. Like, what are you doing? He's like, why would I do that? I was like, well, you know, the C8s, all that stuff. I'm like, well, he's like, but, why, like, it's mid-engine. Like, what makes it, why is it faster? I'm like, well, like, what do you mean? It's mid-engine, you know, it's all this new technology, all this stuff. He's like, yeah, but my C6 Z06 already 50 50 weight distribution. Why would I buy this car? Is it, like, and... And he's actually young. He is, um, I think, 30 years old, 29, 30, 31, something like that. And he has this Z06, and he's like, yeah, my car's already has 50-50 weight distribution. How is this C8 going to be much faster? I mean, C6 Z06 also made 505 horsepower. I agree. Uh, Oh, you want to talk about a good one-to-one comparison about here's 500 horsepower, here's an American-made vehicle, both 500 both same motor, both same manufacturer. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like one's front engine, rear wheel drive. The other one's mid engine, rear wheel drive. What car are you talking about? The C6 Z8 versus new Z51 package. C8. Um, I would like to just see that. Not comparable at all. I don't know. I just think it's kind of interesting thinking. It's, like, I mean, it's I, LS to LT in my head. Well, That's like I, a big. It's all same shit. I mean, also it's mid engine, front engine. It's like, I, like if you want, it's the C7, and this is General Motors who said this. The C7, they could not make it any faster because the, there's like we we cannot get a front engine rear drive chassis to go faster around a racetrack than this car. It has the motor has to move behind the driver. 
I also like the fact that they kept calling back to like the fact that it might like all the test cars in the fifties and sixties were all all wheel drive. I'm like, yeah, that'd be sick to have an all wheel drive. The uh, and it's also interesting too. Be the like guy, a poor man's Huracan, pretty much. It'd be dope. It would be these for builds car, but it wouldn't be a Corvette. His is only going to be rear wheel drive. Are we going to start that? Do we want to start no, that? Okay, no, okay, no. There's 100% two sides to the is it a real Corvette thing. In a sense of is it a front engine, rear wheel drive, six-speed manual, coupe convertible, Chevrolet LS mm. powered product? No, it's not. But when they started building the Corvette, what was that, 53, 54? 53. So 53 was the first year for the Corvette. Didn't even have a V8. Had a six-cylinder in it for the first three years. Mm. Couldn't get it in a stick for the first three years. And what did they build it to compete with? You could not get it in stick for the first three years. Really? really? All the first gens, like 53s, 54s, are all auto? Any six-cylinder car the first three years is definitely an automatic. The V8s was, in, was introduced in 56. Got it. That's why 56s are way more valuable than 55s and 54s and 53s. Not the point. Anyway, when they built that car, what was it designed to compete with? Triumph, TR4, Midget Sprite, like all of those little British roadsters. America mm -hmm. wanted a slice of that pie. And through the years, it just has been battling Ferraris and things like that. The first Corvette went on to race. C2, C3s both went on to race in all sorts of leagues. The fast Ferraris that were competing with the C2s and C3s were front-engine rear-wheel drive Ferraris. Ferraris just moved the engine back 10 years, 20 years ahead of the game. Corvette's finally catching up. I think it is still a Corvette because it's trying to like, you know, David and Goliath. Little guy wants to knock. I don't know. I don't agree with the little guy. I don't think it's a good comparison because the the Amer the Corvette has always been America's approach to the fire breathing. That's 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 America's. That's their America's high performance car. I don't count the Ford GT because it's too niche and too small production. The Corvette has been in production for the last 50, 60 years. And it's always been America's, like, this is our... This is, this our, is our supercar. This it's is America's... Our, uh, it's the affordable option for the common man's sports car. Well, then you, well it's, I mean, forgetting the ZR1 exists. Yeah. Well, but what I'm saying is, like, their whole ethos is, like, hey, the common man needs something. Like, they, you know, you got Ferraris and Maseratis and whatever it might be, right? And these are these obtain unobtainable cars that all the people in Beverly Hills and, like... Long Island owned. So you're a guy that works nine to five in the mill, in the business, you know, that, and you're working your ass off and you want to have a second car. You have your Impala and your wife drives the, you know, the Malibu Explorer. out it's there. It's going to be an Explorer. Well, but you know what I'm talking about. Like I'm saying in like the fifties. Right. And you want that fun weekend car that you can take the lady out after she's been cooking all day and you want to show her a good time at the ice cream parlor. Hop in the bed. Like that is kind of like. I you. feel like the Corvette. Uh, from its original idea has evolved into it's 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 the american i i don't want to call it a supercar necessarily uh i don't I mean, think the corvette that was like the tagline no, of the corvette no, no, on c3 wasn't no, it america's least, supercar but in my opinion the car didn't become a supercar until late c6 generation when the c6 zr1 came out that was like okay it's a supercar now i'm gonna say c5 CO6. Because you're C competing with GT3s not quite a five. Dude, we're, we're, we're talking, you know, Caterpie Metapod Butterfree here. Like, Caterpie was 100% the C5 Z06. The C6 Z06 was definitely a Metapod, and Butterfree was a fucking C6 ZR1. 
Like it took a minute. It didn't happen overnight. But this, I remember when, when Xerox One came out, it was next level. Like yeah, six hundred and twenty-one horsepower was a number that was like you only get this out of an Italian car. Like six thirty-nine. I mean, that was in 09. Yeah. That was first year of the Aventador, wasn't it? Six thirty-nine. Six thirty-eight. No, Aventador didn't come out until I thought eleven. We're splitting hairs again. But yeah. I, whatever. Anyway, but now. So the the the, the, the and people and people man. argue I think the argument too is like what makes supercar and everybody will say it's a motor in the back. Or we can watch we can listen to that whole podcast live. I know. Well, if you'd like to hear that podcast, just go back and like it might be okay months. audio quality. It might not be okay audio quality. Yeah, change microphones. But at any rate, uh, so this new Corvette, definitely it's supercar speeds, and also they're going to release a Z06 version, and it's probably going to make. 600, 700 horsepower, and they're probably gonna release a ZR1 version. It's gonna make upwards of a thousand. I'm gonna tell you right now, the Z06 version is going to make 650 plus because after the C7 made 650, 650 for wheel, or not for wheel, for horsepower and torque, it was 650 across the board. Until it overheated. I agree with you. That's <laughs> the early one. I'm telling you right now, down. they're not gonna go. How are 08 Evos? What? How, how's the 2008 Evo? In terms of reliability. I don't know. 2013 doesn't run that Go ask awesome. Corey. His car has 140,000 miles on it. And aftermarket turbo, fucking tuned up, makes like 450 to the ground. So here's prediction of the vets, and this is what everybody's saying. First is going to be your NA. Next is going to be forced induction. Third is going to be electric assist and forced induction. Whether that be supercharger or potentially turbo, because turbos. Cadillac is developing their twin turbo V8. The Cadillac that, DPI car is turbo. Yeah, it's a completely different engine. It's not even remotely similar. I'm not to saying that it's the same, but I'm saying that they're developing the technology in that Cadillac. I they might move it over. Don't see that happening for a couple of reasons. A, again, the motors are so far apart. Like the Cadillac, the the whatever that I I look at, I actually spent a lot of time looking at this motor at um in Detroit at the at the uh, at the auto show, dual overhead cam, uh, hot V setup. Um, I I do not at all see them using that because again, yeah, I'm not saying no, no, whole no, engine, but, but no, the applicate their designs are so incredibly different, and and uh, for even from a cooling and oiling standpoint, and secondary, it's not. Corvette style to use turbos. It's if anything, it'd be a blower. I don't. I'm because that that it, it, it's, I feel like it'll slowly matter. Ain't gonna be an A. So no, no. Yeah. I'm I'm seeing. I'm mixing like a supercharger. Um, with electric assist, which front is wheels, the hybrid thing. Yeah. Um. Then what uh, was my other? So, my brain just dropped out of this one. Well, you look like a catfish. Pretty much, um, I, love that I do hate the, I do hate the exhaust. I hate the exhaust. I hate it. I would have liked to have seen the center, center exit. Center, do why is it to have this ridiculous looks like Camaro? And I would have liked to have not had like a giant line of aircon buttons. Uh, but other I, than that, I like the interior. I like, I like the options. I, like I expect the, mine gray with blue interior. I haven't black played with calipers. I haven't played with anything on the website Same. yet. Tomorrow. So tomorrow's a new day. But so let's see. But all right. So now this Corvette for sixty thousand bucks. Is there a better buy? Nope. I'm too calm. I mean, if you just want to go fast, no, mm. there will not be a better buy. No, I agree. With I uh, I agree with that. If um, you're like, I need one car to go to the truck. Okay, so look at what 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 sixty thousand dollars get you? A base Cayman. A base Cayman is sixty two grand. With a four cylinder. That doesn't even make three hundred horsepower. Get an M four, you can get an M two comp. 
You can get a GT three fifty R, a used GT three fifty. No, I'm talking brand new, brand new. I want. I'm talking brand new. You can get a Supra. You can't get a Supra. The most base M three of all time. So, but that just means cool seats. Um. So and I actually, as far as I know, in terms of as long as in terms of mid engine cars go, it's the third cheapest mid engine car on sale today. I think if my if I'm talking, you want to give me the first two? Avora. Cayman. It is the only Box car game. sub 100, 120, I think I saw, that will have the nose lift system. The nose lift, all right, so the first year of the Corvette, That's I'm like be real, an option, I'm, I'm sure. really, I'm really, I, I wouldn't want it. Um, B, I'm really scared about reliability in the first year for this car. I'm not going to lie. Uh, this GM is trying, is entirely new uncharted territory for them. What was the last mid-engine car they produced? The Fiero. And this is oh, so far past that, that technologically. So well. I am I am genuinely scared about reliability in these cars. I, I would be worried to buy one new right now as a first owner. That's I'd be worried to buy a first year new. So second saying. year, third year. That's what I'm saying. Never buy a first year though. No, I know, but I I I am worried these cars will have. Blair, Blair a lot. and I both had first year eighty sixes. And both of ours are still a piece of garbage. I never had issues with <laughs> Oh, that. mine's garbage. Mine's 100% hot fucking garbage. You know, I didn't have my transmission replaced, right? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that. <laughs> and then my car, this sort of my own fault, snaps axles like nobody's business. Oh, the interior's yeah. cheap. If you pull on the door handle to shut the door, the fucking thing pops off the metal of the door. Garbage. I never had that issue. But you mine, love but, it. Oh, oh, we, oh, yeah. We do love it. Okay, so, I gotta ask Blair now. Mm-mm. Because Blair asked me when we were at Z's before this. Z's is the coolest little hole in the wall bar that we found tonight, which is like three blocks from RJ and Shannon's new place, which is where we're recording this. Yay! Um, yes, congratulations. Um, Blair asks me, he says, so C8 Corvette or new Supra? So now I'm going to, I already said, I'm buying the C8. I'm going to ask Blair, because Blair was also Blair's all about Supra. the new Supra. Uh, I mean, one, I, I have to go back to Chance. He's go under your head. Answer. Supra. Okay. All day. Okay. Fair enough. Corvette, that's just not my kind of car. No, I know. Um, and I mean, your dad's going to end up buying one anyway. Yeah, sorry to so. drive one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, no, like, I, I don't think they're going to be big cross-shopping market there. I'm worried because, you know, they didn't really show any, like, stupid features of the car. Like, I, I kind of want to know. How big is the front trunk? Because, like, if you go to my dad's C6, which is the convertible, not even the hatchback with the lift glass, it's roomy as hell. You could easily fit four sets of golf clubs or, like, a million duffel bags. But then you look at the opposite side, the 4GT with its dumb little Things. thing has um, roughly a 30 rack of Miller-sized trunk. That's, well, that's it. big so, enough for Chance. Well, yeah, it's big enough Facts. for a lot of people. But, like... I don't know. The other thing is, I, I kind of agree with RJ's like the Corvette, you might go out with your lady, hit the weekend, go on a back road. Like, you need that in a Corvette. I feel like the Corvette needs to have like a functional trunk. I'm, I'm so tired. My brain processed that as go out for the weekend and hit your lady. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> well, you're a Corvette, <laughs> please, so please hit on your lady. I mean, hit on your lady, you can do that. If you're going to Ocean City, I mean, it already smells like low tides and domestic violence. Yeah. So. I think I'm really interested. I just want to see like what everybody else has to think about this. And we can make it super quick. Like, the amount of people who this is their first mid-engine car ever, who've owned a vet, 
who've driven a vet real hard on back roads. Snap over here. Spitting these boys into trees. Electronics. Really? No. Electronics. Yeah. You, I still feel like there's going to be a lot of people. You think General Motors that. haven't thought about that? Not only that, I mean, snapovers do everybody talk so. You ever had a car do it to you? Nope. It's fine. Everything is fine. I don't. I don't agree with that. Uh, if you if you drive a car with no assist that makes horsepower, that's mid engine, and it will fucking send you off like a fucking Mario character that hit a banana. What should I drive that does that? First gen. Drive drive Evans MR2 on an on a on a skid pad so you can spin the fuck out because you will. I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, like. But it, but like but you won't spin a C8 out unless you turn all the trucks off. The car hat like advanced electronics. It's like it's like super bikes now. You can hop on the biggest baddest bike and it does all the work for you. You just pin the throttle on the bike. Just like yeah, here we go. It just thinks. The C8, I don't think that many people wreck them. And you know what else? Kind of I I personally don't believe that many Corvette owners are really bombing back roads in their cars. One, true. two, I, even fewer of them I think are really taking it to the track. No, okay. So you see a lot of Corvettes in the track. Not a lot of new ones. Not as many as Porsches. Not nearly as many new ones. If you want a cheap, fast track car... When's the last time you saw a C7 at the track? Last week. When we were there for drifting? Yeah, when all the guys were there? Yeah. I only saw C6s. There was a C7 Z06 at the track. I don't tell that. God bless them. Yeah, it was blue. It was probably overheating. It probably was. I was going to make a comment, but I I left it on the table for RJ to make. Cool. Well, I don't know. I just the the T8's gonna be amazing. Like I really do. Once they there's gonna be kinks. There's gonna be a problem. What around. tires do you think they're gonna put on for the Cup car? Cup twos. You think they're gonna be run flats again? Twos. Factory cars. Yeah, I think they'll be run flats. Uh, Cup twos come run flat. Uh, um, I mean, they gotta. They have to. Yeah, there's nowhere to put a spare. They're not gonna put casual boys. I don't think they're gonna put. The PS4 on it or something. The PS4 is well, really no, the base, popular. The base tire is going to be a PS4 all okay. season. Can you get yeah. carbons on the new C8? No. Not yet. Not yet, yeah. But I mean, they have the ZR1 brakes just sitting there, so. I mean, even the C7 Z06, you can get the carbons yeah. on. Yeah, sure, you can get one on a Z28 Camaro. 16. Yeah, the Z28 with the LS7 and the 5th gen. Let's let you go to bed, because you, yeah, you're uh, dying here and you um, got to drive home. It's 11 p.m. i got to drive 40 minutes home, roughly, and... I'm let us like know. Comment on Bailey's stuff. Bedtime. But, um... Buy yeah. the Supra. Yeah, we're going to wrap this here. Um, And also buy a recliner, because Shannon is yeah, past Shannon right now. Shannon is recliner. gone. All right, we're going to wrap this here. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, give us some feedback. I'm going to put up a post of some of the cars we talked about from PBGP on Instagram at Horsepower Pizza. Give us some feedback, uh, comment on the pictures. Here are some results from a search. Thank you for that, Google. I'm sorry, Google. Um, we <laughs> are going to. Yeah, I'm going to bed, is what <laughs> I'm going to do. Same. Same. Um, it's a write down. Yeah, so we'll catch you all next week. Social media. At Horsepower Pizza. Website is www.horsepowerandpizza.com. On the next one, I'm going to talk about the fall drop and what's coming from. I was going to say, you're going to talk about the new merch. Should I keep saying that this is three episodes in a row now that I've said next time, next time, next time? So, next time, that's what we're going to open with. Um, hopefully, we'll record another one this weekend and then you'll have content. So, thank you for listening. Peace out. Build it for you.